Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage Martinis. I'm Adam, here is Danielle. Hi. And we are back to our fears episode. This is part two, right? Yeah. Well, it's why the, the, the history behind why we are so fucking anxious as a generation. Right. So not a continuation of what we talked about last episode, but now what it was like for us growing up in the 80s and what we had to deal with as far as being scared shit as kids in the 80s. Yeah, well, I think every generation deals with fear. I mean, our kids, right. I, I, they're, I don't know if they're going to grow up with, you know, boxes of Clorox wipes in their, you know, are they going to hoard Clorox wipes <laughs> right. when they're older? Or, you know, are they going to be like have extra masks in their car? Who knows what they're going to have from the pandemic and everything and you know, they have school shootings and which is n- no fucking joke. Like that's a crazy fear. The fears I think that we grew up with were not based in as much reality as some of the fears right. of other generations. But my parents talked about well, on the episode that they were on, I think it's like episodes 104 and 105, you know, they, they would have to hide under their desks mm-hmm. for those drills, those bomb drills. Uh, you know, that had to be scary as shit. You're just like under a, I don't know what being under a desk was going to do <laughs> in the first place. But, you know, every, you know, people dealt with fears of polio and smallpox and uh, every generation deals with some kind of fear. But I think the difference is that in the 80s, a lot of the fear was kind of like propaganda. It was not based in all that much reality. Right. It was news-based fear, which I want to get to also. I have a little bit of that too. Right. But it was nothing. Well, we'll get to that. I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, the AIDS epidemic obviously was a very real fear, but I think there was also a lot of misinformation about that, about how you could get it. And, you know, just, just, there was just a lot of misinformation in Mm -hmm. the eighties and everything was misconstrued, misconstrued, excuse me, and taken out of context and blown up into this massive epidemic that did not exist as far as like kidnapping and everything, which we'll get into. Yeah. And so much of this stems from, you know, racism, sexism, homophobia. Like it's just all, it's so uncomfortable to have to talk about and think about and research about. And we lived through it, like thinking like this was okay, you know, not okay, but it was normal quote right it was normalized well i think you did a lot of different research than i did okay but um but it's funny first of all if you go through my google search history right now from (laughs) the last week 
it's literally like, I mean, the FBI is going to show up at our door tomorrow because that's, it's literally like how many kids were beheaded from, you know. <laughs> but that's all of our episodes. I always say that. Like if you and I die and somebody opens up our Google history right. like, so for, for this podcast, for the episodes, the things that we research. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was I was hiking with the dogs at like, I don't know, 630 in the morning. I go to the park really early before anybody else gets there and you know I bring the dogs and I'm like on a trail way back in the woods and I'm listening to a podcast researching for this episode and all of a sudden I just like got super scared I mean it was still a tiny bit dark outside and I'm by myself on this trail in the back of the woods granted I had the dogs with me but for a minute I was sort of like okay I gotta put on some other kind of podcast like let's were, do something were you like Blair Witch scared or like Michael Myers scared or like after school special scared I am always my go-to scared in life is always being in the well of um, Buffalo Bill's <laughs> right. basement in Silence of the Lambs mm. I am not I'm not afraid of Hannibal Lecter I do not find him to be nearly as scary as Buffalo Bill. Okay. Like, well, well, Buffalo Bill gives you lotion. Well, right? that's it. I so, mean, and I would be... But Hannibal he, eats you. So where's the trade-off? Yeah, he kills you and eats you. I don't I don't want to be in a well for a month. I just don't want to sit in a well and I don't have blame you. lotion <laughs> sent down to me. I still can't listen to American Girl by Tom Petty. Because that's really? the song yeah. when she gets kidnapped. Uh -huh. But yeah, those. It, it's all... Listen, that kind of fear... It sells, right? It's, it is that kind of like people want, you know, it is this very real fear, but yet not real enough that, I don't know. It's medium right. fear <laughs> in reality. Fear. But Buffalo Bill would find me very appealing because he could make a very large skin suit out of <laughs> me. He could really? make two skin suits. So I I am very desirable to someone like Buffalo Bill. Well, and you have nice skin. So Oh well thank you. Yeah, you would I, make a great coat or something. I really don't have nice skin. But I, I yeah, it would be, you know, it, yeah, it's 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 hairless. My skin is right, hairless. So he doesn't have to I'm shave like it or anything. I'm like a fetus with hair. So <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have to shave me or yeah. anything. I, I know. I know. Uh, okay. So do you want to start us off? With, did you do any like historical research or anything? I did not do any research mm. like you would have hoped Shocking. that I would have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, I'd like to go through all those different scare campaigns that we had to go through as kids in the 80s or 90s. There's so many of them, and there's so much behind all of them. And I, I, you already mentioned AIDS, so we could start with that. Well, to go back even before that, you know, for a long, all of a sudden there were all these, um, these campaigns for kids and, you know, protecting kids, right? The, the, you know, Child Protection Acts and everything. Where it's funny because, you know, before this before really the you know the like in the late 1800s kids had no rights at, you know, whatsoever like a parent could if you want to put your kid to work oh the kids and, were on, working on the farms in the 1800s yeah, I mean, there at like was, five years old there was like, nothing short of killing your kid you could kind of do anything you wanted and the work they were doing is probably killing their kids too so right <laughs> slowly yeah not even whatever they were using to farm if they were mm -hmm. getting you know, hacked off their heads or, you know, whatever. But it was a very quick turnaround in the 80s. You know, all, these these 
child laws and everything sort of, you know, from 1870, I guess, until like the 1960s, you know, when they went through the Depression and this and that, like there were a lot of laws created and social workers became a thing and the Child Protective Services became a thing. But parents were still kind of like, quote unquote, free range parenting. There was still a lot of allowing your kids to walk to school and, you know, sending your kids to the grocery store or leaving them in the car or. And then all of a sudden there's this huge turn. Just it went from parents not having to have a lot of like a close eye on their kids to you can get arrested if you send your kid to the park by themselves. Mm-hmm. So it was this very quick, immediate turnaround really after the seventies. So um, all right, you were going to talk about AIDS. I did not do any of that in my research. Oh really? I'm, I'm surprised. I, I don't have any research or facts or dates or whatever. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> I just, I thought you would have. So I brought it up. No, no, I did not for okay. AIDS at all. Fine. So just to make it quick, uh, and anybody that was really more nineties, I think no. for us, it was eight. Oh, I know it 80s. started in the eighties and everything, but I think it became more. I just remember more in the nineties, but okay. Anyway, you know the posters, the commercials, the news campaigns, the everything about AIDS. It, it's it, it kind of made me think about coronavirus. Like that's all we heard about. That's all that was happening stats on how many people are dying from it but you know it was segmented towards the homosexual population right so and then there was the the huge um condoms campaign that came out of this and you know so they were trying to make it you know safe for everybody but they were scaring i remember at least me as a child like you can get it if you're gay if you're not if you sit on a toilet and somebody right. who had aids sat on the toilet before yeah, you yeah. like there was so many ways that you can get it, which turned out to be, you know, misinformation, false, false whatever, that they were just, it, it was a scary time thinking that you can get AIDS when you really couldn't if you were, there was no way for us to get it unless mm-hmm. you were having unprotected sex and so who the person who had Using it had needles AIDS. or all that stuff. Yeah. Right. I, I, and I lived in New York and I just remember, you know, as someone with OCD, I remember being on the subway and like being so vigilant that because I guess there was a uh, there was a situation once where someone got poked with a needle with well, HIV. In that it. was every like that story. That's one of those like. Yeah. You know. And so I was always petrified of that. So, yes, there was a lot of fear based. You know, it's it's a fear based ad campaigns. Um, and that, that story is like Cropsy at Sleepaway Camp. You know what I mean? Like everybody knows somebody who got stabbed with a needle, then they got AIDS. You know, I didn't. No, I have no idea. Okay, that's the guy who lives in the woods and comes out and kills kids in the middle of the night at Slipway Camp. Oh, like you know, it's one of those stories. It's one of those you know, everybody knows somebody who knows somebody. Okay, right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I I was going to talk a little bit about uh, you know the the first thing that I remember is Stranger Danger, right? Like Stranger Danger was. We had assemblies on it. You know, don't talk to strangers. All the things that you weren't supposed to do. I remember them telling us not to wear our name on our shirt. You weren't supposed to have a shirt with your name on it because Mm -hmm. then a stranger would know your name and be more easily could kidnap you and, you know, call you over and everything. Um, And and it all kind of started with this kid, Ethan Patz or Eaton, Eaton, Eaton. 
Etan Pats. I don't even know if I'm saying his name correctly. Um, but he was kidnapped in 1972. And he basically, it's a crazy story because he lived in Soho his with his parents. And a lot of his friends walked to school and everything. He was six. And he kept saying to his parents, I really want to walk to the bus stop um, or, you know, or school, whichever it was. It was like down the street. And his parents kept saying no. And then one day, I guess his mom was like really busy with work and he asked her and she said, okay, you know, you can walk to school or to to the bus stop. I'm not sure which it was, but it was like literally, you know, at the end of the block. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really a big deal. Um, And he goes the first day that he walks by himself, never comes home. So this is 1972 in New York City. And, you know, the city like banded together. You know, the, you want to bring a community together, like lose a dog or a kid. Right. Like th- that is how you bring. So, you know, people. It's, had, like, it's like all those shows or movies where everybody goes into the woods with their dogs and their neighbors. And yeah, the exactly. And That's at, what yeah. they did. You know, they would have that thing where they would hold hands and like sweep the yeah. streets and sweep the parks. And um, and he he never came home and you know he basically like it it was a mystery that was sort of never solved um and his disappearance you know it it alarmed parents and it really made national headlines I mean it was in every you know in LA papers in San Francisco papers and you know coast to coast when it happened in New York and it's literally like every parent's worst fear right is you know your kid getting kidnapped and now almost 40 years later um a man who was then a teenager who had worked in a bodega along his path to school has been convicted of kidnapping and killing him and sentenced to 25 to life in prison Hmm. so um you know and it was basically like it it started this national thing and then there was um Adam Walsh, mm-hmm. who, you know, the dad is the one. Yeah. What is America's he? Most Wanted. America's Most yeah. Wanted. So, you know, he was then, a few years later, he was um, also kidnapped. They found his head, like, in a drain somewhere. Never found his body. Um, and the dad, you know, starts this national campaign. And it, it draws, again, so much attention. And he is sort of pointing out what, during the campaign, he's talking a lot about, like, the police did a terrible job of trying to find him, right? Like, there's there was no database of missing children or anything. Like, there was nothing that existed that could help. So, um, so you know, and then they have these movies that would come out without a trace. Do you remember Without a Trace? No. With Judd Hirsch. Um, and then I know my first name is Steven. Uh, I have that here. That was a TV movie where the yeah. kid, this is an actual story where a kid was kidnapped. And I don't know, like, you know, 10 years later, he escapes, he escapes like, yeah. and finds his family and everything. So these all gain national attention. And it was a lot of, I mean... The ratings, you know, the the newspapers were selling better. The you know TV news stories were the the viewership was up, you know, like a hundred and forty percent. It was right a, the type of thing where it was selling. But the way they turned it into a scare tactic, which is just insane, in my opinion. Do you remember there was a whether it was not a commercial, but like if you're if the news was on, if a show was on and they'd go to commercial, but they would show like a, a bike laid over and the wheel is still spinning. Right. Remember those commercials? Yes. 
Or or it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children yes. are? Or how about sitting down to breakfast every single morning and pouring your milk in the cereal and looking at the milk carton? And like this is little kid. Yeah. yeah. Like missing since, you know, whatever. Right. Or like, here's what he might look like now. It's in your face no matter where you are or what you're doing. Mm-hmm. They just turn this into such a – like – it's like anything else, probably, right? I don't know the statistics on how many kids were kidnapped in the I 80s. Do. Or no- oh, do you? I have all of that, I yeah. Mean, is it re- was it enough to cause this kind of media uh, attention to it, or is it just because no. it was selling papers and news and all right. that stuff? Right, so, it, you know, the, the date of, um, of Adams Walsh's disappearance, May 25th, was designated by President Ronald Reagan, the President of the United States, uh, he said it was a uh, National Missing Children's Day. And his case prompted the creation in 1984 of the National Center for Missing, Missing and Exploited Children. So, you know, the president was coming on after mm-hmm. shows and everything and, and talking about it. And it became, you know, this huge, like, phenomena that everybody thought that kids were just getting abducted left and right. Right. Um, and Paula S. Fass, who's a, a historian and an author of the book Kidnapped, Child Abduction in America, told the Times in 2015, this case served as a wellspring of the idea that when little boys and little girls, but especially little boys, were taken, it was almost certainly by a pedophile. And that is completely not true. So, you know, most of the cases... Is it usually relatives? Yes, or? Yes, and we know that now. Yeah, but back then, that is not what what was going around. That is I mean, not a what people huge thought. percent of kidnappings are from either a divorced parent. That's or right. A, yeah, that's right. Uh, yes, yeah, that is the mostly what it is, and like everything. I remember the there was an episode of Different Strokes where that remember the uh-huh. stepbrother Sam he gets at abducted by a guy. I think it was the grocery store. No, they were at a bike shop. Oh, were they? Yes. The oh. Arnold and Sam were at the bike shop. Holy I remember shit. this. I was a Different Strokes fanatic. I loved that show. Yeah, I remember show. that episode mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So, you know, it was just, it was everywhere. Yeah. And oh, parents were no longer allowing their kids to walk to school or to, you know. I nobody... mean, did you ever see a white van and not run the other way? Totally. Because... I still do. <laughs> like I, I just pictured. I, I don't know if it really happened or I was picturing it in my mind. But anytime I saw a white van, some guy was dangling candy out the at the window while mm. I was walking. No, but that's what they made you think was really happening. You know, like yeah. there was candy and there was a guy and it was a white van and you were getting kidnapped. Right. Okay. Well, so in an article that first ran in the Denver Post, um, and would eventually win a Pulitzer Prize, journalists Diane Griego and Louis Kilzer reported that. While advocates routinely warned that 1.5 million children, 1.5 million children were disappearing each year, with 50,000 of them being abducted by strangers, the actual figures are like insanely lower. I would assume. Yeah. So take a guess of what the FBI reported actually uh, as kidnapped by strangers, kids kidnapped by strangers in 1984. 1984 in America, how many kids were kidnapped by strangers? Correct, and they, they the the reports, the national reports in you know the the newspapers and on TV and yeah. everything were 1.5 million children, 50,000 of them being abducted by tra- by strangers. I would say 750. 
The FBI reports that it had 67 cases of children <laughs> kidnapped by strangers in 1984. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children says that it has firm records on 142 cases. So wow. they have conflicting data, but the high end of that is 142. Right. But like members of Congress were getting up in front of, you know, the world and talking about millions of children getting abducted and everything and just like spewing these completely inaccurate facts that parents were, you know, you you have someone a member of Congress, I mean we know better now, but says something and you listen and that's right. your I mean back then when somebody you know, of importance said something, the news, Congress people, right. like whomever, right. you listen and you believe. Yeah. So what helped inflate that number was that runaways were often lumped in st into statistics about missing children. Right. And as many as 95% of children reported missing were runaways. So, and most were returned home within three days. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter how long the person was gone for, the kid was gone for, you're automatically a missing person. So if a parent reports like my kid hasn't come home, you know, and it just turns out they're at the mall with their friends and come home at 11 o'clock at night, that person is still filed <laughs> under right. a missing person. Did you ever run away? Uh, I, I would pack my bags and say I was going to run right. away. And my parents were like, okay, bye. <laughs> and I'd like make it to the end of the neighborhood and turn around. Oh, really? That's yeah. further than me. I packed a bag and got to the front door. Yeah. No, I think I, I went around. to like the end of the street. And oh. yeah. <laughs> were you afraid of being kidnapped when you were a kid? Do you remember? Yes, of course. I just said it before. Like if I, I was looking for white vans, I was looking mm. for candy danglers. I was looking for scary people. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and not only that, um, to get off of that for a second, talking about those like after school special movies and everything. this is not after school special movie, but it was a movie at the time, just like my name is Steven. Mm -hmm. There was another movie about a dad. I don't remember the situation, who it was or what happened, but he ended up lighting his hotel room on fire with his child inside. His son was inside. Is that my dad lives in a downtown, downtown hotel? I don't think so. Okay. Doesn't sound right. But okay. But he was killing his son. And like, I don't remember the reasoning, what happened, what it was. I couldn't sleep, and I was picturing my dad lighting my room on fire like before I was going to sleep. You thought your dad was going to light of, your room on of fire. Of course not. But I watched that movie yeah. as a child, and I was so scared mm -hmm. that I couldn't sleep. I, you know, it's those kinds of scare tactic movies of the 80s that scared the shit out of us. Mm -hmm. And of course, my dad wasn't lighting my room on fire. It, but. That's what goes through your head when you watch these things. Right. And it's so funny because parents today, rightfully so, are so concerned about what their kids watch on, on YouTube and on TikTok. And, you know, like Jonah has come into our room before at like 11 o'clock at night and said, I watched a really scary video on YouTube and now I can't sleep or whatever. And it's really hard to monitor YouTube videos, even when you're set for kids. Like some things are just scary. But this was... Like what this was on national television. I mean, mm -hmm. this was really geared towards us. They wanted us to be scared. No, this was information for you to know and be scared about. Like yeah. this was directed at everybody in the country to watch. Right. So even though we're super scared about what they watched on YouTube, we forget we were watching scary shit all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, but now things are happening like with TikTok or the challenges or whatever. Like you have to be scared about like is my kid going to eat a Tide Pod? Like, mm -hmm. those are the things you have to, you know, think about. Maybe they don't know that's not what you're supposed to do. They saw it on TikTok. No, I know. You know, like it the challenges scary. or, you know. Yeah. All right, wait, we should take a break. 
Okay. And we'll move on from there. Okay. We'll be right back. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, so I think I want to move along a little bit faster with each topic because we have a lot to go through and we can't go say, hey, part three is coming out. I want to finish it on this one. Right. So let's move on to the war on drugs. Because that was a big part of the 80s, especially during the Reagan administration with Nancy, Nancy Reagan, with the whole Just Say No campaign and blah, 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 blah. Like how insane and ridiculous that whole thing was, right? So, I mean, the everybody remembers the This Is Your Brain, This Is Your Brain on Drugs commercial and the fried egg and the mm-hmm. pan. And drugs, like if you do drugs, <clears throat> what were drugs? Back then... Everything was drugs, right? So everything was lumped into this whole like class A certification, uh, class one certification of drugs. Like pot was in there along with heroin, along with cocaine, along with like everything was just lumped into if it's not used for medical use, it's classification one or A or one of the two, (laughs) whatever it was. I did my research. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We'll let you spout your facts when you're ready to go. I didn't do this one. Oh, really? I told you to research it. Okay, well, I did. Okay. But do you, do you remember having an assembly in school and a police officer would come and open up his case and inside the case was all the drugs behind this glass... Um, divider? Divide, whatever. So he opens this case and there's... Here's... This is heroin. This is No, crack. I don't remember this that is, at all. Really? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. They would bring us into this assembly, and the police officer would open this case and show us all the drugs and why they're all bad and equally the same and Right, and, all and that pot's stuff. the gateway drug. Absolutely. Like, you mm-hmm. do pot, and that leads you to everything else. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you smoke pot, your brain is fried eggs. Right? So we were all just scared of everything and drugs, and, you know, everything was a drug. You know, it was... Everything was bad for you. But what nobody realized back then, at least at our age, how this is where I was getting to the whole racism thing. And, it, you know, it's an uncomfortable, touchy thing to talk about. But it really, it, it is now, thankfully. But how racist this whole just say no or the legalities behind drugs really was and classifying everything as a drug all the same really was. But here's where things change in the 80s. I mean, the whole war on drugs started in the 70s, I think, under Nixon, but it changed in the 80s under the Reagan administration. And at the time, white people were doing cocaine. They were smoking pot. They were doing LSD, where black people were were more doing heroin or crack cocaine, right? So... What happened was the laws changed. And here, I have a quote that I wanted to read to explain what happened here in the 80s to make things 
a hundred percent, a thousand percent completely racist and trying to put black people in jail and keeping white people out of jail and how just insane this whole thing was. Here, a strong example of drug laws, race, and sentencing includes those surrounding crack and powder cocaine, right? So the difference between doing crack, having crack in your possession versus having cocaine in your possession. The 1986 Anti-Drug Abuse Act created a 100 to 1 disparity between the amount of crack cocaine that triggers a federal mandatory minimum sentence versus powder cocaine. This means five grams of crack equated to a five-year sentence where 500 grams of powder cocaine would warrant the same sentence. Mm. So if you're caught with five grams of crack, you're going to jail for five years versus 500 grams of cocaine, it's the same thing. Mm. But in a different, like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just produced in a different way. Like whatever they do, I don't know the difference between literally, I don't know the chemistry between the two. But what that meant was, how do we put black people in jail and not white people in jail Mm -hmm. for drugs? Mm -hmm. And that was the kind of, this rounds up, that's a small example of the whole war on drugs and what it was really meant to do. So as a kid, you know, when you hear the whole crack pandemic, you know, you're picturing people out laying out on the streets and homeless and like whatever. But, you know, cocaine, you're you're picturing rich white guys on Wall Street and having a good time and partying like. But it's the same, almost the same fucking drug. Like, it's the same thing. But whites were doing coke and blacks were doing crack. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just how they were scaring us and how they were trying to portray drugs in certain ways it was just a scary, fucking ridiculous, stupid thing that they right. were doing. Right. I know that the dare, the you know, the whole war on drugs and everything was such is such now a controversial thing. And, you know, it was yeah, I know that there's so much controversy behind it, but I did not right. realize what you just said. And, and even to even today, marijuana is still classified as the schedule one drug as is crack and heroin and LSD and like not, no, I don't even know if LSD, I don't know. I I think it's classified as drugs with no currently accepted medical use as a class one. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't want to put bad. Well, Congress just passed an act, you know, to legalize. So it's changing. It's Mm -hmm. obviously changing. We all know it. We're all excited about it, whether Mm -hmm. you do it or not. Obviously you don't go to prison for smoking pot. Like Mm -hmm. it's like, Drinking a beer and but going yet to prison. there are tons right. of people in prison because of it. Right, right. absolutely, and mm-hmm. hopefully people will be pardoned as part of this thing, which I think yeah. Obama was doing. Yeah, he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. which let's please get them all I fucking the out fuck? of jail. What the fuck? Yeah, that's that's a whole nother. Yeah, I know. Prison, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your prison, your prison episode was <laughs> fear. I had people, people were texting me or not texting me, messaging me after last week's episode, like that they were rolling on the floor about your whole prison <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I don't remember any drug. I, I don't really remember any of the assemblies, although I know we had tons of them because I remember, you know, being super excited whenever there was an assembly, right? You're getting out of class and you get to sit mm-hmm. with your friends and whatever. I So I know we had tons of those. However, I do know that in ki- when I was in kindergarten, we had an assembly on drunk driving. In kindergarten? In kindergarten at my elementary school. I think it was about getting into a car. Don't get into a car with a drunk driver. <laughs> Did you raise your hand? <laughs> well, so here's what happened. You know this story. Yeah, of uh, 
So my grandfather, who uh, loved his scotch, and he had come into my kindergarten class I don't remember exactly for what, if it was for Z-Day, because I called him Zeta, or, you know, when I was in kindergarten, like, did you have this where every week when you were doing a different letter, um, someone would come in, like, you know, for B, we had someone bring bunnies, and, you know, for F, we had one of the fathers was a farmer, and so, so my Zeta had come in for something, my grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) You grew up in Princeton. There were no farmers. Yes. By the way. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> there are well, there were, we had orchards and all kinds of stuff. Right. So my grandfather would come in and everybody loved my grandfather because he was fucking hilarious. Yeah. So my teachers would always like talk about him and ask about him and he was such a cool guy. And so we had this assembly about drunk drivers and I guess a couple days later, my, you know, my, my wheels were turning, right? Because I was thinking about my grandfather who he comes to our house. He pours himself a huge scotch. Like this is the, you know, early eighties. So much different, not saying it's okay, but you know, I definitely drove with him after he had his scotch. Um, it was just a different time. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying it was a different time. So my, my kindergarten teacher said to me, how's your, how's your grandfather doing? You know, how is he? And I said to her, not good. (laughs) He was arrested for drunk driving. (laughs) So my mom came to pick me up that day. And the teacher said to my mom, I'm so sorry about your dad. You know, I'm so, my mom was like, what are you talking about? She's like, Danielle told us that he's in jail. (laughs) And my mom was like, what? And, you know, and so I had to like go in the next day and apologize and, you know, and, but in my mind, what made you say, what made you say he was arrested for drunk driving? Because in my mind, I thought to myself, oh, well, everybody who drunk drive, you know, who's drunk drives should be, is in jail or should be in jail. But you knew what being drunk was at that age? Like you knew what drunk driving I was? I guess these assemblies, that's what it was. Yeah. They were telling you, if you see someone drinking alcohol, you don't get into a car with them. And I knew that he drank alcohol and I would get into a car with him. I don't know if he, if he, if I would drive with him after he was drinking or not. I don't remember. I don't think I was paying attention. All I knew is that he would come over, pour himself a large glass of scotch, put a tiny bit of water in it and say he just put scotch in the water to kill the bacteria. Well, fish fucking water. So you don't drink water. So it was just like a tiny, tiny drop of water that he would put in, you know, I guess to break up the scotch. I have no (laughs) idea how it works. I don't drink scotch. But to me, he drank and he drove. So he should go to jail. Like, this is why you don't have a drunk driving assembly for a fucking kindergartner. (laughs) So I had I was so confused. But, you know, I went home like super nervous. Like, I don't want my grandpa to be in jail. You know, I. So I was just very, very confused. And I guess they just thought I was lying. But I wasn't lying. I just was You took the information up that you the, heard from the assemblies right. and put two and three together yes. and you got four. Right. Yes. So, exactly. um, you know, yeah. So that was a, that, so that is still to this day like a family story that everybody <laughs> tells. Right. But, you know, these were the types of things that, okay, maybe, maybe we just, let's think about this for a second. Are we showing six-year-olds about, you know, like what's, can they really understand this? Can they no, process it? We shouldn't. And at six years old, no, we yeah. should not be worrying six year olds about this kind, these kinds of things. 
they should be six and doing six-year-old things and not worrying about life. Well, yes and no. But at the same time, you know, I, w- I asked on Instagram, like, what do you remember about assemblies? And a whole ton of people said, stop, drop, and roll. Oh, right. Right? Yeah. That everybody was like, I thought I was going to encounter like eight fires in my lifetime. Where oh. I was going to have to stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> right. uh, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, like, what, you know, point oh 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 seven percent of people Same encounter. statistic as how many kids were actually kidnapped versus how actually your right. chances of being in a fire. Right. Yeah. So people were like, I thought it was going to counter tons of fires in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And and quick, remember quicksand? Yes. Quicksand was in like every <laughs> single show. We were all sure. Like I would step in the mud and be like, is that quicksand? You <laughs> right. know, like there were all these things that we never had to worry about. We're, I don't know how many places are quicksand in. Like, but quicksand was like a very real concern for us right. when we were younger. Yeah. I also want to talk about what we said before that we were going to get to, which was where our information came from. It's not like today whatsoever. We watched the news and we had newspapers. That was it. There and, was no, and school assemblies. And school assemblies, right? There was no internet. There was no... All we had was the news and a newspaper. So whatever we were being told, that's what we had to believe, right? There was no back and forth communication like we have today on social media. We had on whatever. You can go on the news websites and have talks there and communicate with other people. That Like there was no... There was there was nobody to question what the news outlet was saying, mm-hmm. right? And get different points of views like we can today, where 98% of it today is just bullshit. People just wanting to have their voice said. But at least you can get information other than just being told what it is. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> What I'm trying to say was it was like back it, then, it was like the word of God. Back then was, you turn on the news, that's the news. Right. That's it. Right. 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 Or a magazine once a month. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where now it's constant information and actual information. Whereas also relatable to today, what's going on with Russia and with and Ukraine, where in Russia the people that are living there, the citizens of Russia, don't know what's going on. They don't they, they have limited access to the internet. All they know is what the government is oh, telling sure. them in the news. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of like what it was back in the day before the internet, where you watch the news, whatever you're told, you believe. Right. That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. So they don't have access to the information like we do everywhere else. Well, yeah. Almost everywhere else in the world that yeah. they can access that information. Right. Yeah. Right. That was my point. Okay. I think I made my point. I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you want me to talk a little bit about after school specials? Sure. Let's talk so, about all the 80s heartthrob, bop, pop guys and girls that were out there. No, doing that's these not things. what the after school specials they were. They were on them. Like, yeah, well, yeah there was, uh, what's their names? Um, Rob Lowe yeah. did them. How do you and, remember that? Yeah, like all those heartthrob, bop magazine people. So did you watch after school specials? I didn't. Mm. No, I did not. Only when we were forced to in school. I did not come home and watch after school specials. Well, they started I watched as Voltron. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely watched other stuff, but the, the after school specials started as, so, you know, in the morning and on Saturday mornings, and everything, there were cartoons for like little kids. Right. And then we had a whole, while the kids were at school, you know, you had all your soap operas and your, 
um, game shows, you know, geared towards moms and stay at home moms and people at home. And and what uh, some, you know, someone at high up at, you know, ABC or NBC or whatever it was said, wait a minute, we have this whole demographic that we're forgetting about this tween teen demographic that isn't watching soap operas yet and 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 has outgrown the cartoons although i think i watched cartoons until i was like way into my teens but we need to we have we can gear something towards them like they are an absolute you know a huge viewership right so let's scare the shit out of those well yes i mean fear does sell and some of it i think you know listen what teen show do you watch even today that isn't completely dramatic right I mean you think about even when we watched 90210 and even Saved by the Bell remember when what's her name yeah, the uh, pills. yeah, yeah. What, what's her name in the show um, I know right <laughs> I can't remember that it wasn't Zach and it wasn't Kelly and it wasn't Slater and it wasn't Lisa right it right was, why the fuck can I remember that? I name? know. <laughs> anyway, she was in a, a, a stripper movie later. Yeah. So, so the, you know, even those kind of shows that were supposed to be Jesse. super b- Jesse, ben- Jesse. Oh, okay. Now I can listen to you. Yeah. Okay, so super benign. Even those kinds of shows. So, the after school special was kind of the like the first of all of that. But there was a lesson in all the shows back then. Remember, the more you know. Yes. Remember that? The star that goes across the, the TV? Yes. And the more, like, you know, don't get into strangers' cars. The more you know, you know. Right. And the whole uh, the whole philosophy behind the after-school specials was that they were all supposed to center around, you know, kids and teenagers. The kids and teenagers were the, supposed to be the one who, you know, got into the issues or, or who were experiencing the issues and the ones who came up with the solutions. So, you know, it wasn't about like, you know, at the end of Full House when mm-hmm. the dad gives the lecture to the kids or whatever. None of that. That the adults weren't. It was supposed to be kids figuring it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. So in the after school specials, you know, it was literally like, you know, it was, I don't know, every week or whatever it was. And I mean, there were topics covered that were very mature and, um, and it was because they knew those kinds of things, they draw ratings. It's why today everything you still watch has that kind of controversy and fear sells ratings and everything. But the ABC after school, oh, it was ABC. ABC after school special was an immediate hit, drawing an average of 9.4 million viewers. They started in 1972. So many episodes were based on young adult novels like Rookie of the Year, which I think is was like a movie later, like an actual movie, um, yeah, which stars Jodie Foster as a girl struggling to find acceptance on a boys' little league team, or Sarah's Summer of Swans about a young woman searching for her missing, mentally challenged brother. So every week is going to be, you know, and then they kept getting sort of more and more serious, more and more provocative. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I am going to name four after-school specials. Okay, and you need to tell me which one uh, is is fake. Okay, can we leave that as a cliffhanger? Because okay. we have to take a break. Yes. Okay, we'll be right back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So when we take a break, we actually take a break and we go and pee and we go and reset and like whatever. Mm -hmm. So what were we talking about? <laughs> I was, <laughs> we were talking about after-school specials and I was going to uh, list four of the titles because, I mean, it went on for a really long time, the After, after Wait, School Wait, you're asking specials. me to, t to name a title of an no, After no, no, School no, no, Special? No, 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 I'm going to name the titles, and you're going to tell me which one is fake. Oh, okay, good. So so I researched, so After School Specials went on for a really long time, and apparently, at a certain point, Oprah's corporation or whatever, Harpo or whatever, took took them over. And they've won, like, a hundred awards, and, I mean, they were, like, a big deal. But it's interesting because a lot of them were very pro provocative, but I think they were very also backed and accepted by parents. And, you know, which I don't know. I feel like parents are more conservative now, maybe. I don't know. All right. So I'm choosing the fake one. Correct. Okay. Okay. So uh, number one, which of these is fake? Number one, schoolboy father about a father Got who impregnates, yeah. you know, a kid right. who impregnates his girlfriend in high school. Uh, number two, reading, writing, and reefer, which is about a kid who's very smart, gets very good grades, but winds up on pot. Uh, thumb up for Wait, what happens to him in this special after the reefer? Like he's smart and he gets good grades and everything, and then he gets into pot, right? So what happens? I I I didn't watch them. Oh, okay. I, I thought you did. I I, I just what you thought to... I watched all these after school <laughs> specials as part of my research? Yeah, I just wanted. I'm, we I'm should show to... the kids some of these. <laughs> oh God, that wouldn't last three no, seconds. No, not three seconds. So the second one is reading, writing, and reefer. Okay. Okay. Third one, thumb up for a ride. Big thumbs down. Oh boy! About a kid who okay. who hitchhikes and gets right. kidnapped. That's so wrong. It's probably right. Okay. Go ahead. And the fourth one is high school narc about a kid who gets caught with drugs and he winds up being a narc okay. for his. So I will repeat that. First one: schoolboy father. Mm -hmm. Second one: reading, writing, and reefer. Third one: thumb up for a ride, big thumbs down. <laughs> and the fourth one: high school narc. All right. Well, my favorite is thumb up for a ride, but yeah, because you hitchhiked. So... Oh yeah, I did. Right. Right. But it just sounds so ridiculous that title that I'm thinking maybe you didn't come up with that yourself. Um, what was B? My one of my originals was my dad lives in a downtown hotel, which is real, but then we talked about it, so I had to change one of them. Uh, B was reading, writing, and reefer. I'm going Instead with that. of reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yeah, I'm going reading. with reading, writing, reefer. Uh, you are incorrect. Oh. It was thumb up for a ride, oh, big thumbs down. I was thought that wrong. was so ridiculous that it was true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But um, <laughs> creative. But at the time, you sort of think to yourself, like, really, are people really hitchhiking? And then I met you, and I was like, oh, people are really hitchhiking. <laughs> you were never worried that someone was going to, like, no, never. How many times do you think you hitchhiked? Um, once to twice a week. What? Well, we were we were in the town of Princeton. Did you have no supervision at boarding school whatsoever? Yeah, of course we did, but it's easy to sneak away and like do your thing. I mean, 
Yeah. So what'd you do? You like sat. Uh, in so the, yeah. So our school. And how many people are like picking up a bunch of boys? Well, we're wearing ties and like slacks and like you know. But like, still. So yeah. I would never stop and be like, oh, uh, I don't. I want. I don't want to say never, but like, I, I don't know. Our school. All right. This is 1995. <sighs> okay. Four, three, two, mm-hmm. and our school is down the hill from a traffic light. Princeton is a half a mile away. So we would go down to the traffic light. When the car would stop at the red light, we would knock on the window and say, knock hey, can you just window. take us to town? It's a half mile away. They're going that way, obviously, anyway. And they were like, yeah, sure. Did you offer in. them anything? Like, we have yeah, money? Yeah, of course, or... blowjobs and um, no. anal. And... All right, no, uh, of course, no. Oh, what could we offer? We didn't yeah, have um, money. You we need were... to edit that out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no. What could we offer? We had nothing. Okay. So, uh, you know. Most of the time it was taxis, but we couldn't afford the $6 ride. So we would knock on windows and they would take us to and from. Okay. Yeah. Mm. We weren't going from school into the city. You mm-hmm. know, it was a half a mile thing. And right. We, we did we did look at the person in the car and, you know, kind of judge whether we were knocking or not. Right. You know. Well, but I mean, I took that, the bus into Princeton a lot as a young kid. The bus I, into Princeton? Yeah. But so there was a bus from you to Princeton? I oh, mean, yeah. That's one mile. That's not even. No, no, no. From, not from school, from my house. It's a mile and a half. No, it's a little more than that. But I definitely got on the bus as a kid by myself to like meet friends and stuff. As a kid at what age? Probably 12, 13. Right. So at 15, we were taking the bus from Princeton to New York City. Yeah. Oh, for the love of God. Imagine okay. that these days. No, I cannot. Right. Um, okay. I Did you have something else on that? Or because I have a few things that I want to kind of about, wait, shoot so, off. And... Uh, all my shit is in different orders. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened, but it's all out of order. You talked about Rob Lowe and some of the guys who were in, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people got their start at, at the after school special that was like hitting the jackpot. I was going to name a few more. Um, yeah, Rob Lowe, you said, Jody Foster, mm-hmm. Meg Ryan, Kira Sedgwick, Michelle Pfeiffer, Val Kilmer, Sarah Jessica Parker, Marissa Tomei, obviously Christy McNichol. Do you remember Chris- no. Kirstie-, Kirstie McNichol? Christy McNichol. Um, she was a very famous child actor. What you don't notice, not a lot of diversity. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of diversity in these, you know, in these after school specials. It's well, that mostly w- that was my aimed, point. What I was right, talking about right. before. Uh, like, I guess all names, kids. all they cared about were like white suburban kids. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I have another one. Ready? Mm-hmm. Do you remember being scared about mischief night? Mm. Does anybody not know what mischief night is? So it's the night before Halloween. So it's October thirtieth here in this United States, where you would go out and cause mischief, you know, soaping a car or, you know, minimal light kinds of thing, toilet paper, a tree in front of somebody's house or those kinds of things, you know, nothing. But in 1980, whatever, I'm in third grade and they bring my entire class into the cafeteria, sit us down in front of one of those rollout big screen TVs, you know, and they show us this video about mischief night to scare the shit out of us not to do mischief night where there are these they the video shows two teenage boys on an overpass over a highway they threw this huge rock over 
onto an oncoming car this under. This is a real story or made up? No, I have no idea. I just remember oh. watching this. I don't know. If, no, this is not real. I mean, the video was not real. This is, mm. you know, almost like an after school special kind of situation or a scare tactic commercial. I don't even know. All I remember was you see these two teenage boys throw this enormous rock over an overpass onto the highway to an on, um, to an oncoming car. So you hear the crash and then it, this sounds very familiar it, to me. It we cuts, might have seen the same thing. It cuts to a guy in a car, and all you see is blood and glass all over this guy's face, and he's screaming in pain and agony because somebody threw a rock for mischief night over the thing, and he's like he's di- like whatever he's dying. I don't know. But that's what they were showing us, like a bloody guy with glass sticking out of his face. I think I remember with a, this. This was third grade. Mm-hmm. They were scared. Like, this is what they were showing us to not do mischief, to not soap a car the night before Halloween. <laughs> this is what they're yeah, showing us. Yeah, there's no such thing as mischief night anymore, right? I, yeah, I mean, I guess. But, like, the whole thing was, I think, meant to be, like, this innocent, like, oh, I'm causing mischief and writing like blow me and soap on your car you know like whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and they turn it into like you're killing people over a highway like right you know what I mean? like oh yeah it was just i can't believe looking back that i was in grade school and they show me a video like uh, this. that's what i'm saying about the drunk driving thing yeah did you ever do mischief night uh yeah i think once we uh we went and, and destroyed pumpkins Okay, right. That's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> like like just, that's, and like, I remember feeling so guilty right, about of it. Of course, yeah. Like we took people's pumpkins and like smashed them from I, there. <laughs> I went out one night with my one of my friends, and we had like these condiment cups of soap. We were gonna do, you know, whatever. It's <laughs> blow me, you know, and soap mm-hmm. on somebody's car. Whatever, whatever. So we're running along the field near our grade school um, fields, and the cops are out, and the cops found us, the two of us, these. How I don't even know how old we were, 12, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Nine, 10, 12, I don't know. And all I heard was, stop or I'll shoot. No. Yes. Stop. <laughs> Are you sure? Stop or I'll shoot. I will give you the name of the person who it was, and he will probably confirm if he remembers too. What? Stop or I'll shoot. I have. How um, old were you? 10 to 12. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I'm holding a cup of soap. <laughs> like that's that was my. But crime. they didn't know what you were holding. Of course but still, not. I know. But, no, no, no. I know. Oh God, I don't. But that was my there. only yeah. experience of Mission Night. I never uh, did it again. <laughs> like, right. That, that right. Was... Right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even think our kids know what Mission no, Night is. No, I don't think so. Right. Right. And, nor do they need to. Speaking of Halloween, Halloween candy. Okay. I. Oh, you've got you you did you did the research. You didn't. The research? No, my research was my memory. Okay, yeah, yeah, me too, but go ahead. You, okay. you go first. Yeah, so the one time that I went trick-or-treating, I came home and I bit into my Kit Kat and there was a razor blade in it and it mm-hmm, cut my whole fucking mm-hmm. lip. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I can deal with the cut lip. But then I ate the uh, the Snickers bar and there was poison in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I died the next day, but I'm back and I'm fine. <laughs> right. We were scared shit of trick-or-treating. Absolutely. Yep. Did anybody ever have a razor blade in candy? Did that ever happen? I do remember not wanting to eat my candy at Halloween. I don't remember. I don't think my my parents <laughs> weren't the type to like check or I mean I my, was not scared enough not to eat my candy. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> I, I was a third child. So my parents were basically like, look, yeah. 
like give it up to God. Whatever happens, happens, right. you know. They were tired. But a lot of people think that it stems back to the Tylenol murders of uh, 1982. Do you know about this? Do you remember about no. this at all? Oh, yes, actually. Go ahead. Okay. I, I, it sounds familiar. Yeah. So in 1982, you know, they, people think this is one of the things that led to the whole Halloween candy fiasco. I don't remember it. I listened to a Stuff You Should Know podcast about it, and okay. that's why I remember it. Okay. Yeah. So there's really no logical n- thing that happens with candy that leads to this. Right. From the podcast I listened to and the, the, the research I did and the articles I read. But in 1982, seven people were murdered when bottles of Tylenol were laced with cyanide. Mm-hmm. But how the poison got into the bottles remains a mystery to this day. So they were closed bottles of Tylenol. People took them home. Um, and, you know, the next couple days, everybody was dead. Like seven people died. From this, I guess, one pharmacy or a few pharmacies in the general same general area. Um, and though the case was highly publicized nationwide, police never caught the person responsible. However, there was one suspect initially who has remained the prime suspect ever since. And his name is James William Lewis. And Lewis has sent a letter to Johnson & Johnson asking for a million dollars if they wanted the poisonings to stop. So he was basically mm-hmm. like... So anyway... He was later convicted of extortion and served 13 years. But so the initial response to the scare was to stop purchasing Tylenol. But Johnson and Johnson was like brilliant in their, you know, their redirection of the whole thing. And they quickly turned the scare into a rebranding. And the company's response was wildly heralded as one of the best responses to a corporate crisis ever. You know, they changed the cap. And made it the child proof. And yeah. So, um, you know, a few a few months later, Johnson and Johnson's stock soared past where it had been even before the scare mm-hmm. because, you know, they, they reacted so incredibly to it. But that is really if you if you time it, that is the only thing that makes sense. Because there was never a candy scare. There right. was never like a Halloween where all of a sudden all these kids were poisoned or whatever. Somehow this Tylenol murders turned into hmm. you better watch your Halloween candy or we don't know what we're getting. Okay. Or people, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess. I right. mean, kind of. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it all led to this. All of this led to all these books and everything that parents were buying for their kids about, you know, what? What are you going to do if someone, you know, tries to abduct you? You bite them. You scream. You, you know, run away. I remember having people come to my elementary school in um, whatever grade, third grade, and they were teaching us how to scream Mm. the right way, like how to open up your vocal cords and scream the right way so it's loud enough for people in a certain distance to hear. Yeah, like they were, they came to our school to teach us how to scream if you're in a threatening situation. I feel like your school needs to, like, they need to do a study on your school. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you're not school. afraid of anything. You went on to be like a... a I you was may prepared. Not, you were prepared. I, was, I knew how to scream, so it wasn't a problem. But there was <laughs> a 50-question survey to ask your kids, and the first chap- chapter was titled, There is no such thing as overprotection. So ask your kids, like, if a person grabbed you and tried to take you, how hard would you kick and scream? 
Really? Yeah. Oh. So 50 questions of like scaring the shit out of your child. <laughs> right. So, you know, and, and, and it's sad because it really now there's, you know, what we call free range parenting, which is just basically like letting your kid have some fucking like independence and walk to the park themselves and stuff. And parents started getting arrested for leaving their kid at home at, you know, right. so different, you know, different states have different um, ages where you can leave. And it's not a federal thing. It's a state thing. So you have to like look up with your state because you don't want to get arrested. And I remember looking up in our state that because sometimes I'll run into Starbucks for like two minutes, right, to grab my coffee if I do a yeah, mobile I remember order. how sca- you would text me like, is it okay if I leave? Yeah, me in the car or whoever right, in the car. Right, right. I remember like looking it up, like a minute because I want the get a dry coffee. cleaners, right? To yeah. write and run into the dry cleaners and leave your kid in the car for a minute or whatever, and it was yeah. twelve years Bad old. Bad example because you do not go to the dry cleaners because there's one next to my store and oh, I go okay. to the dry cleaners. But I remember <laughs> looking it up and it was twelve. And once the kids right. were twelve, I was like, peace. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, but but. You know, I remember my mom, she denies it to this day, but I know it's the truth that, you know, leaving me in the car, they grocery shopping. They all deny it. All right. They all, all deny it. All the moms deny it. Right. Because they now did. it's, it's you know, frowned upon because yeah. they were all worried that a stranger was going to come and abduct, you know, like, like now they're worried about it, but at the time they weren't. And the chances were they weren't going to come and abduct you. And, you know, it's like now with the Tesla, they have the, uh, even if you leave your dog in the car, mm-hmm. now Tesla has the, don't don't report me to the police because my dog is fine. It's 67 degrees in here. And Let me explain the whole situation because yeah, I, know. I love the I know, Teslas. I know you love talking about <laughs> Tesla. Yeah. So, you know, it's like the free range parenting thing now, Utah is the only state so far that has come up with a law that free range parenting is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that you like you can leave your kid to, you know, they can walk to the park and they can but parents were getting arrested for like letting their nine year old walk to the park, even if it was like two blocks away. It, it just has there's there's no such thing as moderation anymore, you know, like right. Things are just so to the extreme. Right. I I have one more thing that I have left on my list. Okay. And you probably did not think about this, but it's the KKK. What the fuck? Yes. This was, I, so I've heard, I never saw it with my own eyes in the town I grew up in, the KKK had a chapter in my town. What? And there was a march happening on a certain date in my town you know, it wasn't a reoccurring thing. Like it wasn't like I would move so fucking fast. It wasn't like don't go near this street because they live there kind of thing. It was like on this date this year, there's going to be a march in our town because that they're going to be here for of that the time. KKK. Yes, and as a young Jewish boy, they were coming to get me and <gasps> all my friends and all my Jewish friends and all my black friends and all my you know like they were coming to get us. Mm. I was so scared. There was no, no. I don't blame you. There was. Nobody, it wasn't on the news and it wasn't like, but it was one of those, I don't know if it ever happened. I don't. It that means it did, didn't it happen. It probably didn't. No, right. it didn't happen. But it, it was, was a rumor. Yeah. It was rumor of the town that that was happening on mm. this date and the KKK was going to be marching through the streets and mm. burning crosses and the whole thing. And I was fucking scared out of my mind. Uh, do you remember your parents' reaction? No. No, of course not. No. Because no. it didn't no. happen. I don't remember anything. Maybe it was did. a dream. I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, my parents never reacted. Okay. 
That's all I got. Except. Oh, except. Continuation of our last episode because it didn't make it on there. So this is kind of deviating from this episode. But I did the top five biggest fears of men versus women. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So biggest fears for men. I mean, obviously. Wait, are this. you? What, what does this mean? Like as far as what? Aging or being it, dying? They, they or? pulled five men and this was the top five biggest fears of the five, five men. men. I don't know how what many they the pulled. What kind of it's poll a, is that? It's a random fucking who, who knows website. How many people they pulled? I don't know. But it made sense to me. It could have been a thousand men. It could have been a... A hundred thousand. I don't know. And mm-hmm. women. Right. But it made sense. Mm-hmm. So I, fig- I figured it was worth saying. Okay. Um, biggest fears for men. Number one was failing at anything. Okay. Right. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number two is being incompetent. Being perceived as being incompetent. Not knowing what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, number three, being weak or perceived as being weak. Right. I don't have that fear. Yeah. Number four, being irrelevant. Okay. Not needed. Right. Not, okay. Right? That makes more sense. And number five, looking foolish. Not being taken seriously. Like falling at last <laughs> night when I... Not, not me. That was you. I know. I know. I'm saying I looked foolish. I fell last night when we were leaving dinner. There was a pothole in the street and I fell and it was super embarrassing because we were with other people. And I have a bruise on my knee this morning. Oh, Show I for feel it. bad. Yeah. Biggest fears for women. Of the top. Having to marry a man. <laughs> Claiming their success. Number two, fighting everyday sexism. Number three, traveling alone. Four, following their dreams. And number five, looking the way they want to. That makes sense to you? No, what the fuck kind of lists are these? These these are biggest fears for men and women. Mm-hmm. And how different it is how you know what men view is what they fear what they fear versus what women fear. Mm. No, you're not follow, you know. Uh, this is very like gender like like bleh. All right, fuck it. <laughs> Done. I'm, I, I'm sorry. No. That's like a little. Uh, no? no, am I being mean? No, not at all. I I kind of agree. Yeah. Now that I like, now that I'm reading it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I want to know the source of this. Oh yeah, the source was. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yahoo. You don't even com. have a source. <laughs> no, no, no. Who resources? Who researches and doesn't have a source? I, I I'll find it for you. Okay. Right, I'll get back to you. On that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. No, that was fun. I like these kind of episodes. Yeah, like, of course. It's a nice break from the seriousness, and I don't know. It makes you think about all these kinds of things that, like, we haven't thought about in so long, mm-hmm. you know. But, but really, there were so many. I don't know. Everything was so different when we were younger, right? Mm-hmm. Like my mom. O- what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my mom always talks about even like with our dog. This is super like turn it off already if you need to. But <laughs> we had a dog. I had a dog growing up and she used to bring my dog while the kids while we were all out during recess because my elementary school was like literally right around the corner from my house. Wait, I, I'm sorry. You have your mom and a dog yeah. in a recess. Okay, so my mom me? used to bring my dog during our recess every day because my dog loved to play with the kids. Oh, she brought it to your school? Yes. Okay. She would. She brought it to our school. He would run around the playground with everybody and, you know, the kids all loved him and whatever. 
Can you imagine me bringing our dogs during recess to our kids' school? Mm, Every no. parent would be like, get that dog out of here. Blah, blah, well, blah, blah. eight of them would be allergic. Three of them would be scared. Yeah, Four would be, but you it's, know. it's like, it's just such a different time. Right. You know, she just, the teachers loved it when she brought the dog. Right. And, you know, it's just like, a, it's a different, I don't know. People no, are sure. so much more, we got to loosen up a little bit. <laughs> But uh, we uh, that could be a whole nother yeah three episodes right yeah all right that's all I got I'm done I okay. won't bore you with any more men versus women fears all right <laughs> rate and review please yeah I wanted to say it at the beginning of the episode because I keep asking and right we should do that yeah we should do it at the beginning but please Spotify now has rate ratings that you can rate it costs nothing it really helps us if you have anything nice to say. Please go. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't go. But, you know, it really does help us, and it's free. So thank you. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, this was fun. I liked it. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye.